A few years ago, I was working for a small tech company, and rumors started swirling that we were about to take a big step and make our first acquisition. I remember joking with a coworker about a potential plot twist. What if, instead of acquiring a company, we were about to be acquired? Well, soon after that, that's exactly what happened. We were bought by a private equity firm, and it didn't take long before we started growing exponentially and became a totally different company. Acquisitions, mergers, IPOs, and other events are a key way that companies grow, but if you don't prepare for them properly, they can be disruptive and not always in a good way. So what should the C-suite be focusing on as they prepare for transformative events? I'm joined today by someone who has a wealth of real life experience with these types of events, Kevin McDonald. He is Vice President of People Services and Insights at the EW Scripps Company. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Glad to have you on the podcast. So first off, let's just get started and have you tell us a bit about yourself, about Scripps and about your role there. Yeah, sure. So Scripps is a media and entertainment company. We have a combination of local TV stations and uh, national news and entertainment networks. And most people know us nationally for the Scripps National Spelling Bee. My current role here is, as you mentioned, Vice President of People Services and Insights. And really what that entails is the Workday team reports through me, which is both HR, payroll, financials, and a few other things as well. So we're pretty much all in on Workday. Also includes the payroll team, HR compliance, and and administrative teams as well that that sit within the payroll group. And then fairly new function for us, which is uh, centered around HCM analytics. In terms of me, I've been in the HR services, technology, outsourcing space, really my entire career, which um, at the risk of dating myself goes back to the mid-90s. In that time, I've been really fortunate to work with really some amazing people, both on my teams, but also extended teams through partnerships we've had with consultants, vendor partners, such as Workday. It's really allowed me to learn a lot along the way um, as I've been through events like this. In terms of scripts, I started at Scripps in 2007. So this is uh, in February, I will reach 15 years. And when I came to Scripps, it was really to help lead our HR transformation initiative Um, And in that time, what we were doing was looking at centralizing HR administration, which was really all out in the field at that point, built out an HR operations team. Uh, We implemented all new technology and including outsourcing some services. So that was kind of how my journey at Scripps started. And then, you know, a lot of M&A activity since then. So, you know, when I say Scripps probably brings to mind a few different things for different people, for some maybe newspapers. So to say that Scripps has been through a few of these transformative events, you know, we're talking about IPOs, mergers, acquisitions, et cetera, would definitely be a large understatement. So walk me through the journey of how Scripps has evolved over time. So, I mean, certainly there's a, a ton of history at, at Scripps going back to, you know, the late 1800s when we were founded. And there are people at Scripps that have a ton of history and historical knowledge, and they're great to talk to. But just I'll focus really within my my time at Scripps. In the 15 years I've been here, we've been through 20 plus mergers, acquisitions, divestitures, which includes what I would call three really transformative transactions. The first of those was actually right after I started in 2008, we split the company and spun off our cable network. So at that time we owned like Food Network, HGTV, et cetera. 
So really that transaction split the company and, and really focused what was left of EW scripts on local media, which at that time, again, was TV stations and newspapers, uh, largely actually newspapers. We were fairly small in TV at that point. A few acquisitions between 2008 and, and the next one, which was in 2015. And I remember reading some of the ind- industry analysts call this next transaction one of the most unique things, unique transactions they've seen in our space. Um, it was uh, what we coined a spin, spin, merge, merge. And this was with a journal communications out of Milwaukee. We, we both spun off our newspapers into a separate entity. Those two entities merged and became a separate publicly traded company. And then what was left of journal communications, which was their TV stations and radio stations, merged into EW Script. So it was an incredibly complex transaction, but again, changed us because now what was a historical newspaper company was no longer in the newspaper business. So we were truly just focused on, at that point, TV and radio And then last year, hard to believe we can say 2021 was last year now, but last year, right around this time, we uh, purchased Ion, which was the largest acquisition we've ever done. And with that transaction, we also did a company reorg, which eliminated our national media division, created a new Scripps Networks division. Of course, doing all this in the middle of the pandemic uh, certainly added some interesting dynamics to it. So we've been through a, a lot, you know, just in my short time here at Scripps. We have a big history of doing that, those types of transactions here. Yes, you have definitely been through it. I'll say spin, spin, merge, merge. Sounds like a dance, dance revolution move of some kind. Uh, (laughs) It's fantastic. All the ways that you have evolved over the years. So for you in your role, what did you focus on as you prepared for those acquisitions and those events? And what also did you focus on first after it closed? Yeah, great question. So I came to Scripps with a pretty extensive M&A background. My, my previous employer, um, I was there 11 years and we had done, I think, close to 30 transactions. So I came with you know, some background and some knowledge on really the, the best way to go about these. But you know, the first thing I would say is we have a going in position, right? We have a going in point of view when it comes to integrating new acquisitions. We really want to get them into our systems, our processes as quickly as possible. And I'm, I'm really speaking more, you know, from an HR, finance, accounting, you know, IT standpoint. That always doesn't mean day one. You know, there's so many factors that go into that conversation in terms of when we can truly integrate, but that is our starting point. So we all have that common understanding. This is what we're trying to do as quickly as we can. With that and with all the experience we have, we also know where we're able to be flexible. For example, you know, it's not a big deal to continue a, a PTO policy that may not look like our exact PTO policy. And then we also know where we aren't flexible. We pay biweekly. We are not going to add different pay cycles. We know where we can be flexible and where we aren't because sometimes that flexibility just adds administration, which is really not what we're looking to do. Second, I would say I'm fortunate enough to be involved early in our M&A process. And I really think that's one of the keys to the success that Scripps has with M&A is is we have a core team of folks um, across key functions like HR, IT, finance, et cetera, who get involved very early on. And they're the same people typically, obviously people change and retire and things over the years, but it's the same people that 
across the whole M&A timeline. So through due diligence, through integration, it's the same people that work on those things and lead those things. So you don't get into those situations where you lack that continuity. When I talk about being involved early on, this also includes being able to contribute and weigh in on the purchase agreement. And while that may sound small, I really can't overstate how critical that is for, in my case, you know, HR to be involved in that process. There are promises in those documents. And, you know, I'm a big believer when it comes to, you know, contracts, words matter. Not only do we need to capture the intent, we need to actually capture that and ensure everyone has a, a really good understanding. And examples of that are, you'll see words like, hey, you're going to keep employees whole versus treating them similar to how you treat your other employees. Well, that's a big difference in terms of your commitment from an ongoing standpoint, what you need to live up to. So it's really important that you understand from an HR standpoint, what is in the purchase agreement in terms of your commitment of how those employees, new employees are going to be treated. One of the first questions I always ask is, what type of transaction is this? Is it just an asset purchase? Is it a stock purchase where we're buying the entire entity? Is there a parent company left over, which helps me understand, are we even able to ask for transition services, which there's a number of reasons that you may want to take advantage of transition services from a previous parent company. Uh, You could be getting close to the end of a fiscal year, so it doesn't make sense to transition the employees till after that. So there's all kinds of things that you have to look at, and a lot of that just starts with what, what kind of deal is this? Finally, as we go into due diligence, uh, I think another key to success is when you're looking at due diligence, you're looking at, are there reasons that we shouldn't do this deal? What are there risks? Are there you know things like that, that um, additional costs that might be hidden that we need to get to the deal team? In addition to looking at those, though, I'm also keeping an eye always towards integration. So I can identify very early things that they may not rise to the level of a deal killer, but they can rise to the level of things that are going to be an integration challenge. Who's providing their services today? What type of contracts are in place for, you know, for HR, for employees? What type of technology is being used? You know, what does that mean in terms of being able to get data from them regularly? Do you have clean employee data that we can get? Um, What does it mean from a change management standpoint for employees and managers? What are they used to using versus what they're about to go to? What kind of policies are in place that will change? So there's all kinds of things that that we look at pre-deal both from a due diligence standpoint, but also kind of like I said, an, an eye towards integration. So you mentioned some of the things to watch out for, and that's a natural segue to this next question. So what are the biggest challenges and opportunities around the transformative events that you've gone through at Scripps and what made them successful? And if some maybe weren't as successful, what was a factor in that as well? So, you know, at at the end of the day, all all of these deals, these are different companies, right? And they're all coming from a a different place. And so whether we're buying a a TV station, whether we're buying a digital media property like we have in the past, we bought a podcast company, which is different than typical local media. So we've done a lot of different deals and they were all different companies. So I think understanding the the business you're buying, understanding the people um, that are part of that business and what their role is going to be at Scripps, understanding a little bit of how they feel about Scripps. What do you know about Scripps? Again, to your point earlier, 
we've been through a lot. So some people still know us as a newspaper company, even though we haven't been in newspapers for, for a while. So in terms of what's made us successful, because people have asked me this over the years, like, what do you do to, to ensure success? And, and honestly, the same thing that makes you successful in any big project are the things that are going to make you successful here. The things that I, I highlighted a little bit um, in the previous uh, statement was early and open communication with those that are going to be relied upon to make it happen, Right early involvement, really key, discipline to a process, you know, and in some of our bigger deals, we've made up things on the fly because we've had to, that the, the deal was so unique. It's not like we could just rely on things we've done, but it's really important to make sure that the leaders in those areas get to have input on what those processes are and get to have their voice heard in terms of the very unique challenges that it's going to create for their area and have everyone come together and, and agree so that you don't have HR working in a silo from IT, from finance, from the business, et cetera. The other thing is just a real willingness just to work hard and a do whatever it takes mentality has, has made us successful. You know, I mentioned before, I've been really fortunate and blessed to work with a, a great team of people. A couple of my team members have been with me almost since I've been at Scripps and I, I've seen them work very hard to make things happen. And again, some of that is we're making these things up on the fly, but it's a really a, a discipline and a stick to to really see things through. At Scripps, we are really, really blessed to have a great change management and communications team. We have an amazing group and that really helps us ensure both external and internal audiences are informed. The thoroughness and, and frequency of the employee communications in these events are so critical because obviously you're, you're buying a company. The first thing they're thinking of is what does this mean for me in terms of my job? The employees, you know, here at Script, they're thinking, hey, what does this mean for me in terms of my job too, right? So, having really open and transparent communications is, is really critical. Finally, I think a great culture and, and that kind of comes with a trust in leadership, the employees that are just still doing their work to watch the company they work for transform, but certainly the ones actually doing the work to transform the company, you know, it takes a, a great deal of trust and leadership that, hey, this is the path they're taking the company and I believe in it. And I'm going to work hard to help make that happen. And I think that's really important in terms of working hard and seeing them through. So I think those are all the things. And like I said, you, you could probably name that about any project, but I think that's the kind of good core discipline project management that, that makes us successful. So let's talk a little bit about the relationship between HR and finance. At Workday, we're thinking about the CFO a lot right now. And that relationship is, I'm sure, so important as you navigate these things. So let's talk a little bit about that collaboration and how it plays into the whole process. I cannot express how critical this is to the success of the integration efforts. You know, typically my first call is to our partners in, in finance and accounting, what we call our global process owners, to ensure that we're on the same page as the timing of integration. HR and finance have so many interdependencies in terms of employee data, in terms of timing of when things are going to be implemented, whether it's payroll, et cetera. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to integrate all at the same time, but it does mean that those functions really have to be on the same page. If you think about you know, workday setup with the FDM, what legal entities, what divisions, call centers, those are all really critical items that both HR and finance share. And so it's really important to have that setup done both timely and accurately and thoroughly 
so that you don't run into issues. You know, the, the one group that you didn't necessarily ask about, but I, I really feel is critical to add to this is also IT. It's really critical for all three areas to be on the same page because IT handles really critical things like network security, which is relying on employee data coming down from workday. So they can't really do what they're doing unless we have employee data that we've provided them to set up network access and things like that. So I actually have typically when I work and I put together my integration team, certainly it's all the areas of of HR that you would expect to be part of those conversations. But I also include our representative from IT as well. And and they're just part of our integration team. And I would say about 50% of the time that includes our partners from finance and accounting, which in those off times, we will get with them separately. But we have very open teams and we want to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that they're hearing what we're doing, but also that we get to hear some things that they may have run into as well that, that have to be cared for. So I cannot overstate the importance of having HR, finance, and IT on the same page and really having good working partnerships. So we're so thankful to have you as a customer at Workday. So let's talk a little bit about that. And Talk about what role Workday plays for you as you navigate those changes. And then to back up the question a little bit, what type of technology makes these type of events easier and what makes them harder? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Workday's played an absolutely critical role in in the success, certainly of our most recent acquisition, which came with some really tight timeframes. Having integrated HR payroll financials, really makes the M&A integration efforts easier. Having that common FDM and some things that people don't think about a lot, but having a common security model make things run extremely smooth, eliminates duplication of effort, which is huge. But more importantly to me, it eliminates the risk of data being out of sync across different systems. And so when you talk about what's kind of a system environment that makes things harder or introduces risk, certainly if I have financials on software package A, HR on software package B, and you know maybe I've outsourced payroll or something like that. And so I've, I've really got three different environments that I'm trying to make sure that the data is in sync, that everyone has, again, a similar view going back to the security model, and that I've got my financial data model set up that's common across all three. That gets really challenging. It gets really time consuming to not only implement, but also to maintain. So having Workday, having integrated HR, payroll financials is really, really critical. The other thing that I would add, though, related to Workday and, and something that I think people may not think about as much, but it, but it really is important, is the partner landscape that you guys have, right? So we partner with OneSource Virtual. They not only helped us with our deployment of Workday, HR and financials, but they've also helped us ongoing with various services that they provide to us. And in our most recent event where we acquired ION and then we're, we're doing the reorganization of the company, our partners at OSV really stepped up to the plate in a major way. Um, we had incredibly tight timeframes. We got clearance to close right towards the end of December, and we had to have integration complete by the end of January. And that included a mid-year payroll conversion, which was our first on Workday, the first time we've had to do a mid-year payroll conversion after we've gone live on Workday. Having partners like that, that you can call on, that can step up to the plate with you and and help get those things done, that have a familiarity with your software program, but also a familiarity with your configuration is so important. And and they did such a great job to help us out there. That's so great to hear about how Workday made a difference. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. 
So you have shared a ton of amazing knowledge here today and a lot of great advice I think that HR leaders can take. But let's say you had 30, 45 seconds in an elevator with an HR leader. What advice would you give to that person as they prepare for transformative events and the effects of those events? I'll reiterate a few of the points I made earlier. Early involvement for HRIT and finance and, and the deal itself is super critical. Also, I think part of that is you and, and HR having a great relationship with your partners in finance and IT. So not just kind of the, the day of the, the event, but uh, what you're doing over time to establish a good relationship, because that does go a long way. Again, I mentioned identifying the type of transaction and the constraints and the flexibility that comes with each using due diligence for integration planning, you know, getting as far ahead of the game as, as you can. Because uh, again, sometimes those close dates sneak up on you. And so the, the more you've already started planning for that integration, the better off you're going to be. Part of that planning for integration is really early identification of change management communication needs. Make sure that you work with your communications teams, lay out and execute a change in communication plan and not just a change in communication plan for your area, but a change in communication plan that takes into account all those other areas like HR, like IT, like finance, so that you really present a coordinated, concise face to the employees that are coming on board. Um, I think for them, it helps ease the nerves and, and the tension that may naturally you know, have as part of being acquired. And so the more you can get that communication out and look like we know what we're doing here. I think it puts them at ease. You know, the last thing that I would say is be ready for a long tail. Integration doesn't end certainly at day one. It certainly doesn't even end 30 or 60 days later. Acquisitions that we did last year, I'm still working on part of those integration plans. So my integration plans literally can go a year to a year and a half with activities. And, and sometimes that goes back to what we agreed to in the purchase agreement. And so be ready to see those things through. Again, it's kind of part of your promise to those employees that we're going to do things the right way and we're not going to, we're not going to forget what we promised you, et cetera. So, I mean, those are the things that I would say kind of in, a, in an elevator pitch. That is wonderful. Thank you, Kevin. Your enthusiasm for this is obvious and your knowledge is amazing. I'm so thankful that you joined us today on the podcast. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me. We've been talking about transformative events with Kevin McDonald from Scripps. Don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And remember, you can find our entire catalog at workday.com slash podcasts. I'm your host, Jeremiah Barba, and I hope you have a great workday.